Welcome to the Sports and Entertainment Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk, and today we're talking about the reincarnation of the Hy-Vee Arena with Arena Sales Manager Woody Carter. Woody, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Woody, of course, has a, uh, a very illustrious career in basketball, having played professionally for the Harlem Legends. How much fun was that? Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Still doing it. I have get to pick the brains of all of the original Globetrotters. So I got to play with Metal Arc Lemon and Marcus Haynes before they passed, but a lot of the current legends, you know, that are still around and doing their thing. So Gator Rivers and uh, Tyrone Hollywood Brown, Pee Wee, Shorty Coleman, it's um, all of those guys. It's, it's an amazing uh, environment to be around. I bet. And, uh, and so you're, you're still very much involved in, in the sport, of course. Um, but this new arena, Hy-Vee Arena, well, I put an asterisk on new because it's a, um, it's a repurposed arena, really. It's kind of a, one of these adaptive reuse projects. Uh, so tell me about how Hy-Vee Arena came about. Yes, well, I mean, it was originally Kemper Arena. And it's so funny because people have a lot of amazing stories and memories out of this building. And it got to the point where, you know, Kansas City added the Sprint Center, probably less than 10 minutes away from here. And so what happened was is a lot of the bigger events and concerts and things started to shift more towards downtown. And then this building started developing cobwebs pretty much. And what happened was, is there were some plans for, we'll tear it down. We put something else in there, but the city wanted to save it. You know, this is, it does have that historic tag. So Steve Fouch actually came to the table and had some plans of actually doing a multi-level and multi-sport facility and making that happen and keep the current bone structure, you know, of, of Kemper Arena. And the city was behind it. They were intrigued, of course, and they allowed that to happen. So here we are (laughs) from there. So the Kemper Arena that was built in 1974. So you mentioned there have been a lot of great memories and a lot of great events that have taken place there. Uh, What are some of the challenges inherent with, with an aging building like this? Well, we thought we were going to, you know, find uh, a few of them coming in when we were going to, you know, do some gutting or, you know, maybe we're going to have to, you know, do some things with reinforcing some of the structure. But the bones of the building were perfectly fine. Uh, Structurally, it was a hundred percent sound. So that was like a pleasant surprise. So it was just... um, Wow, we now get to pretty much come in and implement all of our ideas and and make it happen from there. So there really wasn't a whole lot of challenges, you know, other than how to make this dream come true of putting a floating floor inside an existing structure. So that that's essentially how the the arena was repurposed. It was a traditional arena, um, kind of a bowl, and so. The uh, developers or the, the the architects created this second story, basically, that to f- put a second story across it, and that would house all of these different activities. So tell me what all is going to be available at Hy-Vee Arena, which opens in 11 weeks now? 
Yes, yes, the countdown has begun. So we are going to offer, well, we want to offer absolutely everything. <laughs> What's funny is we originally were at volleyball and it being a volleyball structure. Then it went to, well, we can do basketball. Then it was, well, how about we just do everything? So now we have the courts that are striped for basketball, volleyball, futsal, pickleball, um, our major events are actually, well, multiple ones are our pickleball tournaments that we're going to be having. I got to <laughs> ask you, what's pickleball? Sorry. <laughs> so, I, so I've heard it's almost like um, standing on a giant ping pong table and playing with a paddle that's slightly, you know, smaller than a tennis racket, but then you're playing with a wiffle ball and the scoring is a little bit different too. So I'm definitely going to have to learn. It's <laughs> completely different from basketball, but I, I plan on picking it up. Interesting. Interesting. So the main focus of these, um, of these sports courts are going to be for youth sports, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we wanted to really target that market. Um, Steve Fouch was at a volleyball tournament watching, you know, his own kids play. And a lot of these places where you go, you're sitting at the tournament for, you know, eight to 10 hours a day. There's mm -hmm. either wooden or aluminum bleachers or just the floor that you're sitting on. You're kind of waiting around. Maybe there's a concession stand. So it was one of those things where the parents were like, man, I wish we had a place where, you know, <laughs> there was a bar close or, you know, there were food or there were amenities. So when the building had came available and then that idea had been kicked around, Steve was able to kind of marry those two ideas. So now when we have these tournaments or these events, when you're sitting here for eight to 10 hours, you have everything that you would need um, around you. So you've got the food, you've got retail, we've got some office space if folks wanted to, to work. So it's just been a, a beautiful marriage of a lot of different um, ideas, but it's going to be able to cater to absolutely everybody that comes to the door. Has there been the need for a lot of, I guess, selling or explaining the different multi-uses in this building? I mean, you know, a traditional concession or, or vendor may be like, okay, this makes sense for me. But what about other retail or like you said, office space? How has that been in incorporating that into the whole building's plans? It's really been fun. Uh, we would start marketing the, hey, we have office space inside of High V Arena and people are like really intrigued by the idea. And so honestly, the only challenge has been to get people to kind of believe what I'm telling them. <laughs> over right, over right. the phone and they're like, oh, well, you know, what is it? And I'm like, well, it's now going to be a, you know, multi-sport, you know, facility with, you know, at least four different levels. And there's a floating floor that holds eight basketball courts. And they're like, yeah, right. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's unheard of. So really just the explanation of it over the phone, um, that's, really been the only the issue. But once folks walk in here and they actually see, you know, what we've been talking about, it's, you know, just a wide eyed or jaw dropping um, experience. And then knowing that they can have their office or their retail location in a building that's just going to be completely alive with different sports or events. I mean, that, I, I believe that brings a lot to 
um, your business or to your company. Um, the exposure is going to be huge because the tournaments that we have are, you know, nationwide tournaments. We've got uh, Adidas and Reebok and Under Armour sanctioned events that's going to bring folks in from all the continuous 48 states. So that exposure for people from everywhere, for the businesses here, that's that's going to be big for them. Absolutely. Well, and you mentioned sports, of course, but events. What type of events? I've actually gotten a fashion show that is going to be here. Wow. Um, I've got um, a lady that wants to do a, a drill and drum and dance uh, kind of competition on, on one of the floors. Yeah. Um, I've got uh, executive dinners that we're hosting that's actually going to be on our track level. And the backdrop is like the rest of the entire arena. So I've spoken with Casey Stem about potentially trying to get some robotic events in. I'm chasing a gentleman down to do some drone racing in here. So this oh, space wow. has really evolved past, you know, volleyball and basketball and uh, pickleball or futsal. But, you know, I now can use this as a, you know, as an event space as well. I've read that with some of these um, adaptive reuse projects, a lot of esports are are starting to notice these these arenas. Pretty much anything that you see on Sports Center, I plan to to have and and, um, yeah. and incorporate in this building. You know, I'm putting together a, a cornhole tournament that's going to be in here as well. So so I nice. mean, we're we're really reaching across the board you know, to host a, a multiple of things. Do you envision this being a somewhat of an entertainment district, an entertainment hub? Absolutely. It, it definitely will be because when those tournaments come here, when we have any events, if you have all the amenities here, then, you know, technically they don't have to, you know, leave, but it's now bringing folks to Kansas City. You know, we're bringing a lot of, you know, extra spending dollars, you know, here, and the hotels and, and the surrounding areas is going to be able to benefit, you know, from that. So, yeah, very excited about what the opportunity is going to be and and all the excitement and everything that it's, you know, generated and all the area even around the arena is starting to pick up. So, right across the street, they're building a, uh, I believe it's going to be a 200-plus apartment unit that's going to go up over there now, luxury apartments and so it's really revitalizing the uh, the West Bottoms area here in Kansas City. That reinvention, or I guess that reincarnation of area around the arena. So because it's an aging arena, typically what happens is that the the businesses that surround it, once the arena starts kind of hitting its golden years, they tend to move on. What's the what's the area, or I guess up until this project started, what had the area been like? So we had the American Royal down here. So it was just really some rodeo events and the space over there. They also would have like a, a home and garden show or like a boating type uh, event. So it was events that were really spread out or sporadic here and there. So it didn't bring a lot of traffic down here to the area. Um, so that's kind of what it was, you know, beforehand. But, you know, now that we're going to start having a lot of these different events and it's going to be open daily, you know, as well. So our hours are going to be from six in the morning to midnight. 
So I imagine we're going to be attracting the mall workers. We're going to have the folks that are having their office down here. But with us being so close to Kansas City or downtown Kansas City, the folks that can now come down here for lunch, they can come down and work out or enjoy some of our afternoon basketball, volleyball or pickleball um, events and, you know, be able to shower or work out or, you know, grab their lunch and head back to work. But we now are going to have that daily traffic as well as the events that are going to happen on the weekends that's going to, you know, really put a spark back in, you know, this area. So you mentioned the hours that it's going to be open from 6 a.m. to midnight. And I think about the the youth sports that will be there. Will there be kind of like pickup game opportunities? Can this turn into a safe place for uh, for youth? That was one of the concerns, you know, that Kansas City had had. had. They were wondering about places for kids to be able to go to, I guess, get some of that extra energy out. So now that we have a building that, you know, we have 12 basketball courts, you know, 12 volleyball and 24 pickleball courts, and we've got a track and fitness area, the space now exists for those kids to have an outlet for, you know, I guess any pent up frustration or energy that they have. It can now be pointed in a different direction. So, you know, I'm glad that, you know, the doors is going to be open to, you know, really, I guess, change or or provide that space now, you know, for, for them to be able to go to. I guess for you personally, I mean, you've been in an athlete, you've been a professional athlete for many years. What do you think then the role of these uh, youth sports uh, facilities, both as a place, a safe place for youth to go, but also just the role of youth sports in general? It's really going to be about the developmental part of it. I think that's one of the things that I'm most excited about. Growing up, we didn't have a whole lot of places like this where you could go and either train properly or recover properly or learn how to stretch or um, learn the different techniques or approaches to whatever sport it was that you wanted to do. So this building is going to now provide all of those different outlets with either the folks that we have partnered with or some of the vendors that we have brought into these doors, the kids are now going to be able to be trained properly. They're going to be able to, you know, learn how to warm up properly and the whole bigger, stronger, faster, you know, and kind of a mind, body, spirit, you know, type um, approach. You know, that's, that's what we get to, you know, have now with this space. So, I love it. So I'm going to be living a lot, you know, through these kids here, you know, with yeah. this new opportunity. Cause I mean, I'm like a giant kid, you know, walking through here now on a daily <laughs> basis, like, man, I wish I had something like this when I was younger, but I now have it when I'm older. So I know I'm definitely right. going to enjoy it. So the sports that are going to be played there, especially organized sports, are these mostly at the club level or are these um, both more? Uh, novice levels up to we are going to focus on every last one of them we've got a company called casey crew that does all of the rec sports Um, they are going to be in the building but then we've got the tournaments that you know are some of the local level but then we've got the national exposure type tournaments for um, aau and for uh, coaches events for them to be able to come and see these kids that are going to be recruited And then with us having uh, on the lower level, we have 
collegiate and NBA uh, striped courts downstairs. So we're now able to attract some pro um, attention as well. So there are some pro and semi-pro teams that are here in Kansas City that, you know, we've uh, kind of been waving at for them to come and, and take a look at the space to be able to house some, you know, of their home games and, and even some collegiate opportunities as well. And so how do the nearby Sprint Center and the Hy-Vee Arena, how, how can they work well together to create this, this um, symbiotic relationship? Well, what's great is the Sprint Center brings so uh, many dollars in with the concerts and with those bigger events. So with us not having like an NBA team or a pro team in that building, we can constantly do, you know, concerts and, you know, wrestling and all those things, you know, there. But then for tournaments that have like anywhere from two to 400 teams in them, the Sprint Center wouldn't be able to house something like that, but now we can't. So that relationship with bringing the events in that Sprint Center can have and then bringing the larger tournaments that Kansas City was originally getting passed up on. I mean, they were going to St. Louis or Chicago or Dallas to these bigger multi-court facilities. Um, and it was because Kansas City didn't have it, but you know, now we do. So tell me what is your very favorite element of the Hy-Vee Arena? What are you most excited about using? <laughs> so I, I guess uh, basketball is my heart. I've been playing since I was five. Those are my earliest memories of it. So, you know, on the lower level, you're seeing, you know, four NBA striped courts and just maple wood as far as you can, you know, as far as you can see. And it's just wall-to-wall basketball and the permanent fixtures of, you know, the basketball goals um, downstairs. And then when you walk onto the second level and seeing eight courts, you know, suspended in the middle of an arena and all the basketball court, you know, goals hanging, you know, from the ceiling, it is just an amazing sight. And I still get goosebumps you know, every time I walk up there and I've, I've got to watch this building go from being a, you know, empty arena type setting to seats getting pulled out and, you know, pillars getting, you know, dug and, and placed in. And now this floor that's a really neat suspension bridge design, you know, now holding up these floors, it's, it's phenomenal to to see, and, and I'm so glad I've got to witness it. But that basketball and, and the floor, and I can't wait till that gloss and the stain goes down and it gets striped. Hopefully, they'll, you know, get me working. But if they can't find me, they'll know where I'll be. Right, right. Absolutely. Well, it certainly sounds like a very exciting project, and uh, definitely we look forward to uh, to seeing its grand opening and, and what great things will come of, of Hy-Vee Arena. Oh, absolutely. And I want to invite everybody, if you're in Kansas City, um, please stop by and check it out. I mean, anyone who's who was here and got to be in Kemper, you know, there was a lot of memories here, but, you know, we did get to keep a lot of that nostalgia you know, of the building, but, you know, come in, you know, you can kind of feel some of those memories, but now you get to see, you know, what it's become as the, the new Hy-Vee Arena. Well, Woody, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. 
And thanks to you listeners for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries. Subscribe to articles, podcasts, and creative video. Until next time, I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk.